We're having a reunion here on the Red Pages podcast. It's the 18th of August, 2016. This is Red Pages Podcast episode 79? 69. Oh, yeah. Episode 79. I'm Jorsten. (laughs) Man, you should have looked that up before we started recording. Uh, I'm Gord. I'm Paul. You guys need to play along. I'm Paul. Pretty soon we get to start doing spooky versions of our names. It's true. We're only a a little more than a month and a half off. Yeah, that's like one episode away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to record three episodes this month. That's almost back to our normal schedule. Oh. Yeah, so this is... uh, It's it's, uh, it's been like two weeks, but we'll record an episode like next week, too, with with our guests from Cyan, so, you know rad so guys i saw a movie what movie did you see it was called suicide squad <laughs> oh i imagine that was terrible yeah i'm sorry yeah so i saw it and the person i was seeing it with leaned over after 10 minutes and said i'm done we can leave now <laughs> <laughs> did you not watch it no i we, we stayed for the whole thing uh, this movie is not nearly as bad as everyone said it was gonna be but it is not nearly good enough to be even mediocre <laughs> <laughs> so it's about as good as i was expecting so there's there's a scene in this movie where the joker kills a dude for refusing to have sex with harley quinn while he watches i guess all right i found this the plot of this movie really confusing for a long time we we kept leaning over to each other and asking like basic questions to make <laughs> sure that we understood what was going on i don't know it's not good don't see it mm-hmm. uh, i have heard that if you wanted Dear listener, for Suicide Squad to be good, you should watch Assault on Arkham, which is a few years old and animated and actually good. I haven't seen it myself, but uh, this is the word the word on the street. Harley Quinn was apparently, uh, in this movie, commended by her original creator for hmm. being a spot-on portrayal of that character. Sweet. That's good. I, I so guess. I leaned over... So the, the, there are two characters in this that are actually okay, and that's Harley Quinn and... Will Smith. Dill, dead? Yeah, Will Smith is dead? Deadshot, dead, I think? Deadshot. Dead yeah. Deadshot. I leaned over partway through and I said, Eddie Murphy is carrying this movie. <laughs> and she said to me, that's Will Smith. And I said, no, it's Will Smith during the action sequences. Whenever it's trying to be a comedy, he's doing his Eddie Murphy impression. And that's the part that's carrying this movie. <laughs> Good. I was like... Yeah, uh, this movie. Oh, I mean, been... what the hell, man? Will Smith is a plenty funny dude. It's like you've never seen Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't think that Fresh Prince of Bel Air is funny. Yeah, or I Am Legend. I didn't that... think that I Am Legend was funny either, <laughs> or good, or <laughs> worth watching. I enjoyed that. Anyway, this this movie. So I don't know if you've read about this, but it was entirely filmed. It was sort of a gritty movie, and then the studio got scared that it wouldn't sell, and they reshot almost all of it as a comedy. And then uh-huh. took those two movies and Frankenstein them together into what we got, which is why they're. Which is why somebody asked Jared Leto how much of what he filmed as the Joker was cut from the movie, and he said, "How much wasn't cut?" 
Do you think that there will be a director's cut someday? No, I doubt, oh. it. I doubt no, it. No, absolutely not. Anyway, they're gonna burn they, that. Footage. They really should have doubled down and just made this all comedy because the comedy segments were the good segments. Uh. Maybe the action sequences were uh, like the action movie worked really well too, and Maybe. you wouldn't know because it's cut so poorly. Yeah, it's. I mean, the guy who directed this before he directed this directed Training Day, and. That was good, right? That was a good movie, yeah. That yeah. was solid. And it's I mean, kind of similar in its conception. The action scenes weren't that great, honestly. Um, but it's like a team heist type movie. Kinda. I guess. Anyway. So, yeah. Pe- people kept complaining that the Joker only had seven minutes of screen time. That wasn't true. He had more like 20 minutes of screen time. <laughs> but he still wasn't... In- yeah. Well, no, no. He was apparently in it for most of it originally. But he did stuff like what I said earlier and also lying on the floor in a room completely surrounded by an intricate spiral made out of guns, knives, and teddy bears. <laughs> I, okay. He was he so, was really doing a Heath Ledger impression half the time. Was he? Okay. Here's my question. How do you portray the Joker after Heath Ledger? And I don't think that you Ask can. Mark Hamill. He does it fine. Yeah. Mark Hamill does it all the Mark time, Hamill actually. Mark Hamill did it before Heath Ledger. There are plenty of good jokers. But he's also Jack, after Jack Nicholson uh, is the Joker. Right. But I think that you will admit that there's one Joker that stands out. Yes, Mark Mark Hamill's portrayal in all the animated series. Yeah. The, Sorry. the best Joker. I right. don't think that Heath Ledger's Joker is the definitive Joker. Mm. I, I think it is if you're looking for a dark gritty joker but i think mark hamill's joker is the definitive joker for like the vast majority of time i think it's the definitive joker if you're looking for like a solid quality theatrical acting performance but i don't think that it's like the definitive version of that character Hmm. okay i think it's a good performance i don't think like when i think of the joker i don't think of that guy Okay. Relatedly, I watched Batman vs. Superman. I heard that was garbage and that Batman killed Superman at the end. Yep. Uh, and uh, Lex, Lex Luthor. Uh, uh, Lex Luthor, played Lex... by uh, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Lex Luthor, played by Mark Zuckerberg, channeling Heath Ledger. Ben Stiller. Uh, was just straight up, uh, was just playing uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, hmm. straight up. There was no Joker in that movie, though. The director was... The direction was, you are now Heath Ledger's Joker. Everything that everyone has ever believed about Lex Luthor is now gone, and you are just some crazy oh, wacko. Right. Yeah. I mean, but he's he's uh, Mark Zuckerberg pretending to be the Joker. Yeah, sure. So, my friend... What's his uh, name? Eisenberg? Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Spider-Man putting in the work. Spider-Man putting in the time, man. He put in the time. Oh, <laughs> Wrinkle Boss Twins rowing. You are the only one who uh, I've ever heard say any of that, so I'm just attributing it to you. Anyway, my friend That's Mike... That's just a Paul thing. Who, Paul, you know, uh, kind of, um, when Batman vs. Superman came out, said Ben Stiller is just <laughs> sitting in his apartment with his head in his hands, being like, I worked so hard to become a serious actor. And now this movie is going to going to set me back. I'm gonna to have to do Jiggly again. <laughs> and he was in he was in Suicide Squad for like 27 seconds, mm. and I think that was probably just him saying, "Yeah, I'll take I'll take your couple hundred thousand dollars." Just give me the money. I don't care Wait, anymore. 
was he in uh, Batman vs Superman? Ben Stiller. Yeah, is that what you were he just play, saying? That? He plays Batman, doesn't he? Oh, uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben, ben Stiller's the guy who plays Meet in uh, Meet the Parents. Yeah, I thought that that was, I thought that was the same. I thought that like, no, he no, no, no. Ben, ben Ben Affleck is a, a serious drama actor. Ben know, Stiller but, uh, is a goofy dude who plays Zoolander. You know, Ben Stiller was uh, did a did great in um, uh, what's that? Uh, Walter Smitty. Uh, hang on, let me look that up. Wasn't the Secret Life of Walter Smitty uh, Steve Carell? <laughs> We're just going in circles now. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of serious. I thought nope. Steve Carell uh, started that movie. No. Clearly, I just have no idea. Any movie the life of, actor. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty yeah. is, uh, in fact, Ben Stiller, and uh, I thought that he did a good job of being serious in a role. Okay. So I don't to know anything about I actors. Couldn't see him in Zoolander anymore. That movie looked like, awful, I so I didn't see it. I read Zoolander? the shorts. No, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Huh. It's uh, it's really good and really scenic like yeah i yeah i i got that from the trailer but it looked awful and it's it was a remake and i had read the original short story that it's based on that was Ah. and none of those things led me to believe that there was any way that that movie would be good and then the wikipedia summary made me angry so i felt Hmm. vindicated i thought it was enjoyable so Ben Stiller's the one who was uh, in Dodgeball, right? Yes. I don't know. Yes, he was in Dodgeball. He was the... He was the... Uh, the, 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 the no, that was, that was Vince Vaughn. No, Vince Vaughn was the protagonist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things I know no, about Dodgeball. Clearly, clearly, you're <laughs> looking at the movie incorrectly. Oh, okay. Ben Stiller came in with money, with uh, prestige, with actual understanding of the sport. And so, this ragtag team wins off of a technicality. Absolutely. Man, it sounds like you're a guy who would have liked the original ending of Dodgeball. Do, do, I watched, do you uh, know about the original ending of yeah, Dodgeball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, 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 just, I, like, I like that idea. I mean, I like, I, uh, too. I like Ben Stiller's uh, Fat dance. monologue at the end of uh, the movie. His milkshake the, dance. Yeah. I watched the uh, the original short that Zoolander was based off of. Oh, the uh, that starred Kevin Costner, right? <laughs> no, that was still Ben Stiller. Wait, it was Ben Stiller in the original short, and then they... Yeah. Anyway, so I also read a book <laughs> called Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. Cool. It was about a, a haunted carnival. Have either of you read this book? No. Okay. So this is about a book... This, this book is about a carnival that comes to town. It's run by a man named Mr. Dark, who traps the souls of people in the carnival. Uh, there's a... There's a merry-go-round, and if you ride it one direction, it makes you older, and if you ride it the other direction, it makes you younger. Cool. Uh, I read... This book made, like... It was written in the 60s, and reading it, I could see a lot of... A lot of Stephen King in there, in terms of writing style and influence. Mm. It was pretty good. I felt like the main characters had a tendency to monologue a little bit too much about the nature of reality and the world, and aging and what it means to be a boy and what it means to be a man but it was still pretty enjoyable i would recommend it also neil gaiman is in there pretty heavily uh and then uh 
You mean... He's a character in the book. <laughs> Neil Gaiman is a character in a Ray Bradbury book. Yes. Yep. So, I also watched a show called Stranger Things, which was also very Stephen Kingy. I, I believe the term is Kingian. No. Stephen Kingy. <laughs> so, this this uh, this show, Stranger Things, did I talk about this on a previous episode? Uh, if you did, um, I didn't hear it. You might have talked about it last time, but I don't actually remember. So, you can tell me and the listeners. Steve, so, Stranger Things is a Netflix original series by the Duffer Brothers. I think they worked on a sh- another show that I watched before, um, Wayward Pines, before this. And you mean Twin Peaks. Kinda. Wayward Pines and Twin Peaks are very different. They are, they are similar only in that they take place in small Pacific Northwest towns. But what's going on in Wayward Pines and what's going on in Twin Peaks are wildly different. Uh, I've already made my uh, assumptions. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did not see the twist of Wayward Pines coming. I was, I was, it blew me away. IGN.com. <laughs> For some reason, you you say every time you say Wayward Pines, I just keep thinking of uh, Camp Pining Hearts. Okay, uh, so Stranger Things is sort of like um, is Camp maybe... Pining Hearts the uh, the show inside Stephen Universe? Yeah, it's nice. the uh, sweet drama that <laughs> Paradox guys... Super Into. Have you guys yeah. seen Super 8? Yes. So you know how Super mm. 8 was sort of like a throwback to Spielbergian drama? Like the mm-hmm. mo- like Spielberg's movies of the 80s, like E.T., but a little more modern, a little darker, but not like Stephen King's It, for example? This feels right. a lot like that. It's very clearly a tribute to the 80s sci-fi horror it's never scary, so it's, like, hard for me to call it horror. But it is technically, I would say, probably in that genre. Um, it's a very, very Spielberg, very, very Stephen King sort of universe mashup. Nothing original happens in this at all. Like, you have seen every single thing in here before. It's just really well done. Uh, I rated it, like, a 6.5 out of 10. Solid. I was entertained. It's not transcendent. But if you like this sort of stuff, you'll go through it really fast. The font that they use, I guess the typeface that they use for the title card. I have seen that really, really good because it's the same one or almost identical to the one on the old Stephen King novels from the 80s. I liked that a lot. I liked, uh, what's his name, who used to write for Kotaku and now is not there anymore. Patrick Klepek tweeted out one that it was just Frog Fractions 2. I was I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> but yeah, I would say try it out if you like sci-fi, you like the '80s. Uh, Paul, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, all right, so um, I've been I, I went to a concert in uh, Prospect Park. Did I talk about this? I feel like no. Okay, I didn't. Um, yeah, I went to I went to this concert in a. Uh, um, Prospect Park. It had uh, Camp Low and Digable Planets, which were these two big hip hop uh, groups, like ten, twenty years ago, and they kind of like faded out as like alternative hip hop kind of died. Um, and I didn't know too much about them going in, but uh, Ash really liked them, so we went, and it was pretty sweet. It was raining the entire time, uh, from like when we got there to when we left, and so we just got like completely drenched. 
and uh, it was still like super crowded, which is pretty insane. I uh, got I, I watched Roller Derby, um, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it was like the the uh, New York has like a a couple a team for each of the boroughs, and they meet a, a lot, and you can find them on like Channel Twenty Five at like two in the morning if you want to go watch it. Um, but yeah, they were having like the uh, the semifinals, um, and I we got tickets and we went to go watch like the sweet double header, and uh, it was like in uh, in Coney Island. <laughs> it, it was in Coney Island, so we got there a little bit early. We just like walked around Coney Island. I'd literally never been there before, and we like got to do the stuff where I would look at a roller coaster, and go like, "Man, that looks fun." But also, I'm afraid of heights, so let's not do that. And uh, we went on some less uh, tall rides, and I still had a bad time because my fear of heights is just that bad. Uh, but then we watched Roller Derby, and it was a good time. I watched uh, Tucker, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Okay. Yeah. Have you, you guys know about this movie I, at I'm all? I'm familiar with that movie. I literally had never heard about it, but I was like hanging out with one of my roommates, and she's like, "This movie is." horrible and i'm like i'm i'm down i Man, look at horrible it is the wrong word for that I, I look at it i look at the rotten tomato and i look at it on netflix is like it's starring alec tudyk and i'm like i don't think he'd be in like a movie that bad and i look at the rotten tomato it's like 80 plus percent i'm like okay so it's like a, ba- a movie that's <laughs> bad that it's good and i had a blast watching it yep. the entire time yep. it was, uh, it's <laughs> just, uh it's like uh, cabin in the woods except except Kinda. more more of a comedy right uh, just like, it, like, it's fully a comedy instead of like being sometimes a comedy and sometimes a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna watch good, that. <laughs> it's a good movie. I had a good time. Uh, man. Um, I, uh, I I did a lot of uh, some personal work. I worked on my website, which is like looking real nice right now. Ooh, when you get a new uh, URL for that, don't you? I do have a new URL for that. I, thanks, I, thanks, Steve. Yeah. I mean, uh, Steve was talking about the .es uh, URL, and I'm like, oh, that's that's really that's really smart. We should do that. And then I, I was it. looking at, uh, yeah, and then Justin did it. And at the same time, I went looking at the .im <laughs> URLs, and I'm like, I wonder how much they are. And they're like, fifty bucks a year. And I was like, is this worth it? And I decided. <laughs> In it fact, is yes. worth it. I'm going. I'm going to pay for this URL. Um, and so what's your new URL? My new URL is pa.wrlusk.im. So it's just Paul Ruskim, and uh, yeah, I, I spent like a, a week working on that, and I also finished up uh, this Twine game that I've been working on um, called uh, Recollection. Oh right. Yeah, it's it's actually been done for like a while, but I have I like basically haven't uh, I get officially released or anything. But like with the new website and everything, I was like, oh, I guess I could just put it up there. So now it is like officially uh, released and or done slash whatever. And uh, I I like made my own Twine engine, which was horrible. Don't do that. Use Twine, guys. Just working the on tools. It. The tools are there. <laughs> The tools exist. No need to reinvent the wheel. Just like use Twine. Twine is great. Don't like program your own Twine just because you can. What else was there? I bought 
I bought new glasses, which is really sweet. <laughs> Good. This this is what they come to the podcast for. It's <laughs> yeah, this man. level of news. I did the um, opposite of that while I was in Japan. Oh, you got laser eye surgery? No, I uh, I took my glasses in, and they updated my prescription, and then I got them to put the new lenses into my old frames. Oh, okay. Because nice. I'm averse to change. You don't wear glasses. I'll, what are you talking about? I, I, <laughs> I wear glasses. Not all the time. Yeah. I also buy the same pair of shoes. Uh, just every time? Every time I need to. Just go back into the same store do you, and do you say, just have Do you just have like a closet? More of just, these. <laughs> do you just like have a closet that's just like 10 pairs of the exact same outfit? Nah. But like, yes, in that my outfit is t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> but the t-shirt changes, I guess. Just, just go into your closet. It's just like a t-shirt... And a, jean, and a pair of jeans, and just go like, this is Monday's t-shirt and jeans. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do have uh, exactly one pair, of, one one shirt per day. They're just not organized by day. It's just whatever's clean. Because, you know, you do laundry once a week. You don't need any more shirts than that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Got some cool shirts, though. Anyway, this is uh, your time to talk. No, I'm 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 actually, I'm actually done. I, I think that's it. I mean, it's oh, your sweet. time to talk. It's your uh, time to talk. Then the, uh, the the glasses part was just a clever segue, and we can yeah, cut all exactly. the rest. Of this you need a sweet seg. Uh, sweet seg, bro. Yeah, I need to. I gotta get that sound bite and just edit it in every time. <laughs> is this uh, from a previous episode? Yeah, you haven't been here in so long. You've you've missed all the new dank memes. Yeah. Been yeah, so man. long, so long. I uh, it's been a long time. Been a long time. Been a long time. Lonely, lonely. Yeah, uh-huh. lonely time. Yeah, uh, yeah. We uh, we moved back to Canada, and that is uh, a big change. Which you are averse to? Yeah, actually, no. It's it's. I was never fully uh, committed to Japan. You know, like I that was just uh, just a side fling. Yeah, a holding. Uh, pattern. I was never really settled, so coming back was like a, a relief. And now I uh, now I can read things again. I tell you, uh, <laughs> for all the time that you spent in Japan, you like really didn't learn as much of the language as you could have. That's correct. I uh, I, I do definitely have uh, uh, a lot more, more empathy for uh, immigrants to Canada. And just like you know, come on, you're you're in Canada, white. Can't you speak or read English? And like, oh, that's why. Because learning a new language from scratch is nearly insurmountable a task, yep. especially if you you've got somewhere where you can talk to people who do speak your language. For example, the internet. It's like that's fair. not gonna. You're not gonna push through that barrier. Anyway, uh, yep, yeah, took, took some uh, plane rides. We took one plane west from Japan into Hong Kong and then back east because it was uh, drastically cheaper. But the first five hours of the flight east was just catching up to where we started because we just flew directly over Japan again. And then... Uh, there's a lot of movies that I watched. I feel like I must have talked about this. Have I not done a show since the plane rides? I don't think no, you have. No, it's been huh. it's been like a month. 
We've just been recording shows without you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I watched like a a dozen movies. Pick your favorite. Uh, Yeah, go. (laughs) Batman vs. Superman. (laughs) All right. Good good choice. Really. All right, time to move on to the game segment. I watched The Man from Uncle, which was all right. Uh, I watched. uh, We watched. This is a movie that I haven't seen. uh, Hotel Transylvania. That looked that looked like it was a thing that I thought was stupid, but then I saw a trailer and I was like, "Oh, this is actually looks like it could be pretty good." Yeah, we we put it on so that it would be a cartoon for William to watch, so that he wouldn't be too freaked out by uh, the plane starting up. Um, and then we just watched the whole thing with subtitles on because the uh, it, we would have all had to listen to one set of headphones. Um, and. Uh, the plane, the takeoff was delayed, so we just ended up watching the whole thing, and it was uh, definitely enjoyable. There's a lot of physical humor, too. Like, there's a lot of uh, attention to detail in the things that are surrounding the primary action, which was nice. It's always uh, always things going on. No um, and the I watched a James Bond movie, which was bad and bland and just generic. James Bond, which is, I guess, why people watch James Bond. So there was like, oh, uh, here's the part where he's punching some dudes, I guess. And now there's a, a car chase. And now he's punching some dudes, but everything is on fire. And that was that was just that. I was also really, really tired at that point, but I wanted to, to do the whole stay up so that you don't have jet lag thing. Um, which... Probably there's no evidence that that works. <laughs> um, it's worth a try. Why not? Yeah. I did it on the way there, and it didn't work at all. On the way back, it definitely worked because it was just one really long day instead of, like, day, night, day, night, day. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it for movies, I think. Uh, I went to Bit Summit. That was exciting. I wrote a mm-hmm. thing. Put it yeah. on the website. Yeah. You sure yeah. did. Yeah. I got a bunch of business cards. I've got to uh, follow up on those. Everybody I talked to seemed really interested in uh, coming on the show. So we might some of them. Yeah, get get more people to do. Bunch of bunch of really cool people. Yeah, and uh, we went on a road trip when we got back. We stayed in the city um, with the airport in it because uh, my parents lived there for uh, about half a week, and then we drove up. And, Visited some more people, and then we uh, went on a road trip to basically the opposite corner of the province, which was a uh, 15-hour drive, but with a bunch of stops on the way to to see more people and uh, talk to family, hang out with people that we haven't seen for uh, three years or more. That was cool. Um, The difference between southern Ontario and northern Ontario is about 20 degrees. population. Uh, yep, that too. Uh, are we doing? Are we still doing books in Haps? Yeah, that's why I talked about that book that I read. Yeah, I remember thinking that was weird. Uh, I read. I have read Robert J. Sawyer's Mind Scan, which was good, and uh, relates to something that we were talking about just before we started recording. Hmm, how much can I talk about without giving too much away? Nothing. Anything is a spoiler. All right, and the name of the book. 
The uh, tell you what, uh, just turn your ears off for. Uh, it's too late. I've seen. Close it. your ear flaps. I've seen it all. Uh, it's about a dude who has a disease that will kill him, so he uploads his brain into a uh, an android version of himself, and uh, then the original gets cured and wants to have his life back, but now the android version of him is the one occupying that slot. And then there's a, a whole legal case, which is actually a lot more interesting than uh, than you might think from just, like, reading notes coming out of a, a courtroom. But, like, uh, which one of these people is the real person? And uh found that compelling. I went on to read his Hominid series, which uh, is Hominid-Human Hybrid. And that was also interesting. It's this parallel worlds thing. Uh, and uh, it's cool, but also weird in a bunch of ways that I wasn't expecting. And also, uh, the author very clearly has a, a social mandate, and he uh, is pretty heavy-handed with it. Like, I mean, the issue is an important one, and change in that area would be great, but it sort of envelops the entire rest of the story. So between those books, I would say that MindScan uh, is the one that I would recommend. If I could only recommend one Robert J. Sawyer book. Uh, he's, a, uh, he's, he's a very Canadian author, and uh, that definitely comes through. I also read, uh, I'm, I started foolishly. <laughs> Not realizing what I was getting into, I read Wizard's First Rule, which I got in a Humble Bundle back when they had a, a fantasy author's bundle. Uh, and uh, I started with Wizard's First Rule, and then I went back and read the prequel Dead of Bones, which is like 100 pages. And uh, now I'm reading Stone of Tears, and there are roughly 20 more books in the series, and they're all, you know, between 1,000 and 2,000 pages that is that is good. Wizard's first rule is uh, is uh, is very good, and I enjoyed it. Stone of Tears, which is the second one he wrote in the series, I guess. I don't know when he wrote uh, Dead of Bones, but uh, Stone of Tears seems like he wrote a book, and it wasn't long enough, so he went back and he just had all of the characters repeat what they said two or three times, and every conversation instead of developing is just a, a cycle. And I feel like that that takes me out of the story a bit. It makes me realize that uh, that this is just being inflated. Uh, maybe it picks up after that. But I'm, I'm enjoying the story. There are uh, world-shaking events that are, are happening. Uh, that's, uh, that's neat. He does... Uh, Stone of Tears is where the, this prophecy really starts up. And that's something that makes me uncomfortable while reading a book. <sighs> hmm. The thing where there's this prophecy told and then the main drive of all of the characters in the book are either to fulfill the prophecy or fight the prophecy and at the end, we all learn a valuable lesson about how uh, we just need to accept ourselves for whatever. And uh, 
No. Uh, Just accept yourself as whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, hmm. Hmm. It seems to me when this happens, the story becomes more about the story in relation to the prophecy instead of the story itself. Like everything that everyone does is being questioned and examined. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's not my favorite uh, writing device. But I'm, I, that said, I'm definitely enjoying this and plan on continuing reading the, uh, the other 40 books in the series. That's, uh, that's how they get you. Oh, we, uh, we stopped in at uh, a very nice bookstore in North Bay. It's called Black Cat Books. And it's brand new, or uh, at least new since we left Canada. And it's, uh, it's got a nice atmosphere. And they've got a, uh, a little sitting room in the back where you can just take your books and read for a while. And they have some uh, acoustic music nights, which is basically like the ideal uh, for a bookstore. That's the kind of thing that I look for anyway. Uh, in addition to having books, I spent about 20 minutes going through their uh, their role-playing books section. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's lots of really cool stuff. Yeah, uh, that that's it for uh, for my The Happenings. Uh, I guess we should talk about video games. Video games? Video games. Who plays video games? It was, I played some video games. I played a game. Video game I played play. Monster Hunter Generations because I was told that it is a good place for somebody who knows nothing about Monster Hunter to get into the series, and that was a lie. Huh. This game is just not fun. If anybody would like a copy of Monster Hunter Generations in exchange for a better game, uh, hit me up. I just have no interest in playing this game, and I regret spending money on it. I was going to ask you, uh, to me, a person who has never played a Monster Hunter game and doesn't know the first thing about it, what would you tell me that would sell me on it? Nothing. And there I, is I, I guess nothing <laughs> about this game. Yes, you are not the person to ask. Apparently, eventually, you can do things like hunt monsters in this game, but I'm <laughs> oh, like right. eight or got, nine like hours in. Incredibly long tutorial. And yeah, the tutorial is terrible. There are like twenty different weapons, with each with three or four different move sets that they don't really do a good job of teaching you. I just stuck with the starter one because I didn't care about learning those. The only things I've killed really are velociraptors. I've been killing velociraptors for like eight hours. Apparently there are... I've been playing the game for eight hours, man. Because I really wanted it to be good, and then I just gave... Like, I eventually gave up. You apparently don't need to do all the quests. There are only certain quests that you need to do to advance the plot, but it doesn't tell you which of those are, and, mm. and it gives you a list of, like, 20 quests. So you just gotta go through them one by one, unless you look up what quests to do, and they're all basically the same. Go out and kill six Velociraptors. This is a game... Basically, it's like what you hate about Diablo 3. Yeah. Because the point of this game... The story is gear. to yeah is to go out and grind monsters to hope that they drop the parts that you need that you can combine with like the fish that you've fished up and the mushrooms that you've picked and ore that you've mined to slightly better armor which will let you kill a slightly stronger monster so on and so forth forever and you can do this in multiplayer but I just like I eight hours of grinding to not even fight the first like to get past the tutorial boss 
is really, really unacceptable. Oh, so it's like Skyward Sword. No, it's nothing like Skyward Sword. <laughs> this is a... Like, this and every other Monster Hunter game, because apparently they're all like this, are unacceptably bad in this regard. And even people... I talked to a bunch of people who love Monster Hunter, and I told them I complained, so they're like, yeah, no, you're right about all that stuff. It's garbage, and the, the only reason... <laughs> Like, the fact, like, we've played all the Monster Hunter games, so we're just able to know how to get past that stuff really fast, but it is an unacceptable experience for any new player, and Capcom is not interested in making it good. And it's Mm. not like Dark Souls, where the obfuscation is atmospheric, and you don't need to know that stuff, it just adds to your ability to sort of understand what's going on better. It's like, this is a hundred thousand pages of menus with no explanation. Gross. It's like playing Dwarf Fortress in the native interface. <laughs> it's awful. This is a... I, I have never been so mad at a game. That's not true. But like this... I, Black Sigil. Play yeah. Black Sigil and uh, get back to me. Anyway, so I played that. Don't play that. Ever. Like I, I'm never going to play another Monster Hunter game because of this game. Yeah, and yeah, apparently this is the newbie-friendly one. I can't even imagine. Huh. Um, so I play... I've been playing more uh, uh, Twilight Princess... Twilight Princess, I think, might be the second best 3D Zelda game in terms of atmosphere. I think Wind Waker is a better video game, like, more fun, better designed. Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. have we recorded a show since I played Majora's Mask? I don't know if we recorded a show since you beat it, but you have talked a lot about Majora's Mask. All right, cool. Anyway, so I think Wind Waker is a better game, but I think that in terms of atmosphere... This is maybe the second best Zelda game after Majora's Mask. Hmm. It's definitely got the best visual aesthetic of any of the Zeldas by virtue of it being that sort of dark fantasy of Majora's Mask at Ocarina of Time, but updated in, you know, like a modern game. Because I'm not a fan of the cartoony nature of Wind Waker. I think it looks good, but I don't think it's good for Zelda. Mm. And... I think that Skyward Sword similarly is just way too bright and peppy, and I don't like Link's lips in that game. <laughs> why are you why are you staring at Link's lips so much, man? Because they it, maybe really, you should stop staring at Link's lips. Really awkwardly yeah, stand out from you. his yeah. face in a way yeah, that makes man. me uncomfortable. So I'm I'm up to the third dungeon, basically uh, the Zora dungeon, and I was saying earlier uh, the way that items in this game are distributed is really weird because you go to the first dungeon, you get the slingshot. It's the Deku dungeon. Okay. You go to the second dungeon, it's the Goron dungeon. Now, what item do you expect to get in the Goron dungeon? Well, I know because you told me. Yeah. But you would expect uh, to get bombs, right? No, the hookshot. No, you don't get the hookshot in this dungeon. So I guess I didn't tell you. <laughs> no, you, 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 uh, you said the bow. Yeah, you get the bow in this dungeon, and you just sort of have to use not... You, well, okay, so this is actually a dungeon with two dungeon treasures. You get the bow and the iron boots. Huh. Because the Goron mines are magnetic, so you have to use the iron boots to walk on the ceiling a lot. Oh, cool. And sort of manipulate magnets to open up paths based on the strength of where the magnets are where they're facing. <sighs> the, uh, the magnet glove in Oracle of Ages was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's similar to that, but in 3D space. Nice. Oh, uh, I think there's a magnet glove in uh, Link Between Worlds, too. Maybe. There's a magnet spell in Breath of the Wild. So, yeah, and then you walk out of the dungeon after beating it, and there's a shop, and you just buy bombs there, and that's how you get bombs. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you don't have a bomb bag? Uh, pay me 60 more rupees, and I'll give you one of those, too. 
and you just you know, you're coming out of a dungeon flush with cash, so that's not a lot. Mm. Um, now I'm listen. I'm at Zora's domain, which is completely frozen. I'm like, hmm, drawn <laughs> from Ocarina of Time a little too heavily here. But it's uh, it's really cool because it froze solid with all of the Zoras swimming in it, so they are just trapped under the ice in a Jeez. perpetual state of like they can still think but they can't move they have no mouths but they must scream <laughs> i don't really want to think about it but it's it's pretty horrifying uh and then i started playing color changing tingles balloon trip of love on the ds which is the sequel to the incredibly good surprise like out of nowhere good game rosy uh Freshly picked Tingle's Rosie Ruby Land. Hmm. So this one, unlike the first one, did not come out in English. But I, I played the first one to completion and got the secret ending and everything. And it was pretty good. And I was like, ah, you know, I can handle the second one. First one is like an action adventure game with some bartering in it, because your money is your health in addition to being your money. Uh, the sequel is not. The sequel is a point-and-click adventure starring Tingle. With dialogue trees, and guess who doesn't read Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> this game is incredibly difficult to play. I've got a walkthrough that just sort of tells me what to do, but I feel like I'm not really getting the intended experience of the game in the way that I often can with a game I've imported, because I can't read any of it. Is this never going to be translated? No, it's never going to be translated. This is an original DS game. Um... Yeah, I guess the first one didn't sell enough to justify localizing the sequel, but it was really good, so I figured, ah, you know, I could just... Who cares about the story and the Tingle game? But apparently they really doubled down on it. And it's, it it's a... like playing Monkey Island, man. You just got an inventory, you walk up to things, you inspect them, you pick them up in your pocket, you can rub them against each other. But it's hmm. a Zelda point-and-click adventure starring Tingle. It's weird. Might be a uh, fan translation out There's there. There's not. I looked. I looked. (laughs) I don't know if I'm actually going to... Like, there is a full walkthrough of this game that just tells you what to do. And I'm okay with that in a lot of games where there's still gameplay, but a point-and-click adventure is just just reading, right? Like, that's the the game. And I feel like it would maybe be a waste of my time. Someday Mm. I'll know Japanese and I can come back and really enjoy this game. Good. So yeah, those are the only games I... Oh, no, I played some World of Warcraft because the new the new patch stuff is yeah, out. Yeah, you gotta get out, get ready for... Uh, yeah, Legion's coming Caravan. out. Yeah, Legion is coming out in, let's say, the 18th, 12 days. It's 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 coming, and it's gonna be good. And I've got a lot of a lot of people who are resubscribing to play with me, and it's gonna be good. Paul, are you resubscribing to play Legion? Uh, I don't know. Gordon, are you resubscribing to play Legion? Nah. <laughs> so, the, you know, the correct answer is to resubscribe, I would have to have had a subscription. I, I had a subscription. No, you bought the game, but you didn't ever buy a subscription. Um, maybe. Uh, no. Believe me, because if you had paid for a subscription, it would have come back to me as time, and I that never happened. Hmm? Because I recruited a friend, you. So. Oh no! I, I mean, like years and years ago. Oh, ah, I don't know. Back near when I first bought it. Hmm. I guess you get a month. Yeah, when you right. Buy that's it. okay. Yeah, that's not your. That's not buying a subscription though. But I might have had a subscription for a month to to play with Maggie or something. Anyway, the new stuff is really good. 
this expansion looks like it might just be the b- best ever expansion. The fact that they've announced a new patch <laughs> before the expansion is even out and have really, like, they've said there's not going to be a content drought ever again. Like, we figured it out. Makes me confident. And then someone said, they even were asked, so uh, you sure you're not just going to front load all your content and then you're just going to have a year with nothing? And they said, no. We got hmm. we got you, is what they said. <laughs> Those were the words. We got you. So... Um, and that wanna, was their response to uh, why are there no trolls in Heroes yeah. of the Storm? So I want to... There is a thing I want to briefly talk about uh, in the new content. Sort of sell you on why this is cool, even if you're not going to play it. So, do it, do it. So the, the new content is... You log in and you get a quest. No matter where you are, just pops up a quest. Say, hey, you've got a letter from your faction's leader, either Vol'jin or Varian. Say, the Burning Legion has returned. We need you to sail out to the Broken Islands, which is the new continent, and put a stop to the demons that are pouring out of this island before they can really get a foothold and attack the planet. So you sail out. You, 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 do, you do, like, a bunch of, like, preliminary stuff, like eating your last meal and polishing up your armor, you know, then you get on the boat, you sail out to the island, and there's just a full army and, like, an entire demon city already set up there. Hmm. Like, way more than any of your guys, like, any of the characters that you're with, uh, believe could have been there, given how long it's been. And you have to fight your way through all these demons and blow up their buildings and you get, you sort of like slowly fight your way to the interior of the island and you get to this giant lake and Gul'dan is there with uh, Tyrion Forging and he's torturing him with demon magic and drops into a giant massive lake of green lava. And you look across the lava, so it's like three, three shores. So you're on one shore and Gul'dan's on another shore. And on the third shore is, let me let me back up. You're in a 20-person group of, of players for this. So it's, it's mm-hmm. you and 20 other players. And you look across to the other shore, and on the other shore is the Alliance raid that, unbeknownst to you, was doing the same sort of assault from the opposite side of the island, and now you are meeting in the middle. Hmm. And it's an additional 20 players. and. Wow this giant demon comes up out of the lava and he takes turn. He like does this fight where you work together with the Alliance team to take down this massive demon while Sylvanas and Varian sort of yell at each other back and forth across the chasm. Uh, and it's, it's super cool. Uh, I, I really hope they do more cross factions, like 40 player, 20 from each side, stuff like that. Because that sort of stuff is really, really excellent, and people... so right now it's got a. There are going to be forty players always wanting to to play this. No, so they've like... they've programmed it so it dynamically scales the damage and health of all of the enemies to the number of players that are currently involved in doing it. So that uh, in six months, when everybody's done it, and there are not forty players and, online, and, you and can still one person it. walks in with top tier gear. Well, you can't from... you can't redo it. You cannot replay it. It is a quest. It's not a oh. raid. So, like, this is story content. You cannot replay it once your character has completed it. You can play it on a different character if you want. So you're not going to get a person strolling in with just like 
massively outgearing it unless they skip this quest, go get a bunch of gear, and then come back. And why would why would you bother? Because the rewards aren't worth it. Mm. It only rewards gear that is okay right now. It's not even good right now. It's like okay right now. Mm. It's just a thing you do because it's fun. You know that thing that you do in a video game. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, uh, the and the fact that this is like. This is their pre-patch content. This is not even the expansion. This is like the world event that they're doing to lead up to the expansion. Makes me really, really confident that the expansion is going to be good. Do you think their numbers are going to go back up? Uh, their numbers always go back up. Whenever an expansion comes out, their numbers go back up. They were down to like 6 million when at the end of Mists of Pandaria. And I think they hit like 10.5 million when Warlords came out. And then it dropped back down because Warlords was terrible. Mm. But... By all indications, they've really, really learned from Warlords, <laughs> and this is the fan service expansion. Everything that any player has ever asked for is in this, basically. Which is to say, Illidan is back. Well, that and they're, they're, and, and the Emerald Nightmare is a raid that people have been asking for since vanilla, and the Naga are getting some resolution which people have been asking for for a long time and you can play as a demon hunter which is something that people have been asking for and uh, you get all the cool weapons that only npcs got to get before it's just they really were like all right just give give them literally everything they want and maybe cool. maybe we'll learn that what we wanted was not what we needed but <laughs> for now yes turns out that players are bad at uh solving problems I think players are probably okay at determining what they want in terms of the story content, because that's not something you need to be good at game design to understand. Yeah. But mm. we'll see. Speaking of which, No Man's Sky. Man, they, that's <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I played. Paul, what have you played? Is it Overwatch? Uh, I played a lot of Overwatch just to get those placements out of the way, and I am very upset. I 40% of my games had a lever in them. Thirty of them, uh, three of them uh, was on my team. One was on the other team, and but like it's basically impossible in a five v six if the team of six is any good at all. Just play with AI. Just get good enough you that can't, you can win. No, you don't get an AI. That you don't I, get an AI. You just down a player. Uh, I'm uh, I'm making the jump over to heroes. So I had some of that. Sorry, we're only talking about good games here. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh um, gosh, I'm sorry. Whatever. I'm I'm done with Overwatch for a bit because um, I need to cool down. I'm still super tilted after all that, so whatever. Speaking um, of cooling down, tell me about Pokemon Go. It's a bad game that nobody should play. It's a, it's a, it's a bad game that I keep playing for some reason. Mm. Um, I got I got Lapras today. It was pretty sweet. Nice. I I continue to name all my Pokemon after food items. <laughs> um, and that's also pretty awesome. Uh, I've been evolving a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm still playing it. I, by all means, I should stop. The combat is by far the worst part of uh, this game. Yeah, it's very hard to realize uh, RPG elements in real time um, without like having a pause feature. But also, it's weird that it's asynchronous. Well, also apparently trade is coming, and maybe battle against other players. It, it's uh, the problem. 
the problem is that every single decision, no matter how tiny, has to go through the servers. So no matter where you are, you've got to wait. And that uh, that makes a, a very jagged experience on the user yeah. side. Anyway, back to what Paul has been playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So did I ever talk about playing the uh, Pathfinder card game Wrath of Righteous expansion? No. Uh, yes, I think you. I don't know if you said you talked about the expansion, but you talked about the card game. Yeah, I remember talking about the card game. I I played uh, the ex, uh, one of the expansions. It's actually really sweet. They had just way more character classes and fun things you can do with them. And I played uh, like like I don't, I don't actually remember who I played anymore. I've I've got I've got my character saved on my phone, so I can look it up real fast. But yeah, it's it's just like that's also like a fun. Uh, a thing that we have done, which is just take photos of your character, and that's how you save your progress. I'm playing a uh, half-orc inquisitor, uh, which basically looks like the demon hunter from Diablo. Uh, and I, you get to just run around shooting hand crossbows and caltrops and bolas. And I'm like, yep, this is definitely the demon hunter, and I'm pretty into it. Demon hunter, master said, race. You said card game? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a card games. It's like a deck building game, sort of. Uh, you start with basic equipment and you go through like these uh, setup adventures for you, um, and whatever equipment that you amass throughout the card game, you get you get put into your deck for keeps, basically. Cool. Uh, the deck never gets bigger, really, though. Uh, you're basically just playing with the uh, same stuff. Uh, you you're stuck with a, a certain amount of cards in your deck, so you have to like make trades off of like whether you want to keep uh, this equipment they just got or something that you started with. Mm. Uh, and it's really fun to play over multiple sessions, and I want to play more, but my friends just have not had the time. That's been really sad. Uh, but I highly recommend it. The Pathfinder so, card game is super sweet. You're playing against a uh, dungeon master who is running the adventure decks. It's not actually dungeon master. It's just like the they're just like uh, decks that are set up for an adventure. Uh, so no one has to like be the DM. It just kind of uh, you, you just get, it's, flip them up. Yeah, it's like uh, a cooperative uh, one of those cooperative games, but it mm. also doesn't feel like uh, it can be just run by a player who's like masterminding the entire thing. Right. Are the are the adventure decks ordered? Like you have to put them in a certain order and then flip them up one at a time or are they is it shuffled? Uh so the way that the adventures works is uh there's multiple decks representing locations and each location has a different amount of ca card types in it. Mm. Uh and uh every time uh that you want to uh you do an encounter you flip over a card in the uh, location that you're in, and you've got to do the challenge of whatever pops up. So if it's like an equipment, uh, like a sword, you have to do like a uh, melee check to see if uh, you are capable of grabbing it or not. And if it's a monster, you got to do like combat check against it. Uh, cool. Sometimes you've got traps or barricades, and uh, so like it, like there's um a lot of different ways to play it. You can be someone who just fights things really well, or someone who's good at disarming traps, or someone who's just good at uh, uh, moving people around, keeping people alive. You know, I, I like it a lot. 
highly recommend. Definitely mm. go. It's like there's a lot of expansions for it, uh, and they do some interesting things. Uh, I've also been playing uh, a bunch of Fire Emblem, whichever one that I have, Birthright. Fire Emblem baby mode. I have Fire Emblem, make these people have sex and give me some sweet babies. Did you marry your brother to your sister? It's uh, been it's been really weird not having played this game and reading you guys talking about it. It's a that's a weird thing. Yeah, I mean that happens, but I don't know. It, the game's fun. I like the game. It's mm. cool. How do you how do you deal with the crippling loss of never being able to make any mistake, even the slightest, uh, in combat? Uh Save scum, yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. There's really not much else that you can do besides save scum, man. It's like didn't they didn't they come up with a mode in Fire Emblem where you could just turn that off? Yeah, yeah you can. Yes, there there's there's Called, a uh, casual, uh, casual mode yeah. where you can just go like, if your dude dies, don't worry, they'll come back at the end. And I was like, I could do that, but then I decided, but I could just save scum anyways, and I could have like an authentic uh, Fire Emblem experience, you know. Mm. Which is, I don't know if I like that authentic Fire Emblem experience. Is, is it stressful as all hell? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but I still I like, like it. Dark Souls is super stressful. No, it's not. I, I like Dark that. Souls is super not. stressful. I I am. I mean, Dark I'm Souls not is a relaxing walk in the park. You guys need to get good. <laughs> yeah, that's uh -huh. definitely definitely. It, it, it's fine now that I know everything and where everything is. Yeah, it's because status thing, status effects aren't scary anymore. You just yeah. let the bar not fill up and you're fine. Yeah, can you uh, can you can you please link that in the show notes that article that that guy wrote? Uh, that that wasn't that guy. That's Droken. Oh, he made Star Seed cool. Pilgrim. Oh, that's cool. He and I hung out Man. at uh, E3 Lab. I have year. I have not not succeeded not in uh, GDC in figuring that game out. Star Seed Pilgrim. Yeah. Or Dark Souls. That's the one where you're planting seeds in in uh, Tetris blocks. Is is yeah 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 I guess it's like about exploring space. Yeah. yeah. I played for an hour or two. You should but read that like article that. on Rock Paper Shotgun. I cannot figure out what to do in Star Seed Pilgrim. <laughs> I felt like I was just not understanding something fundamental about it. It was cool uh, though. Like there were there were some things that would flip the colors. Did you play Probability Zero? He also made that. No. Cool. Alright. Cool. Uh, that, that's the end of my, my games. Gorn. Unless you want me to talk about uh, how easy these Wings of Hearthstone have been. They've been really easy. They're, they're, they're fun, even... but I like heroic chess. I, I hate chess. I, don't, I Did just you like hate did heroic not chess or regular? Yes. Huh. I just. Chess just was not enjoyable. I at found all. regular chess super boring and heroic chess very interesting. Heroic chess made you actually have to think. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, like, yeah, I just straight up did not enjoy any part of it. It was just, like, did not feel fun to me. I felt like they really captured the sort of thinking you have to do while playing chess in terms of constantly having to assess what pieces you have, what moves you can make, how you can reposition your pieces. 
and what potential moves your opponent could make. But if you don't like that in real chess, you won't like that here either. <laughs> yeah, so... This is chess in Hearthstone? Yes. Yeah, on on normal, oh, it's trivially it's like, easy. Is it like the, uh, the newspaper chess where you get a board that's full and no. you gotta no. figure it out in three turns or whatever? No. The way it works is you're, you don't get to use your own deck. And yeah. you are just, you are a, you're the king, you have what, 15 hit points? You're, that's your hero, you're playing against the black king. Uh, you have pawns, bishops, queen, rook, knight, pieces, you play your car, your pieces down, they attack automatically, and they attack with their attack power the enemy card minion that is directly across from them for however much of damage their attack is and if they are positioned such that they are like diagonally between two different enemy cards they hit both of them mm. so you have pawns that do one damage rooks that do two damage bishops that heal two to the two pieces that are adjacent to them on either side, queen that does four damage, and a knight that does four damage but cannot attack the king, but, and has charge, so we can attack right mm. away. Uh, if a piece is across from nothing at all, like it's it's just has nothing, then the damage goes Zero through damage. and hits the king, yeah. So it is it is just a different game running in the Hearthstone engine. Cool. I thought so in in the normal mode your hero power is what like 2 mana discover a new piece. So you could just keep pulling queens forever and it's really easy to win. And you have a deck of 30 cards. So you've got like four of everything. Doesn't matter. In the heroic mode, your opponent still has that deck, but you only have a deck of four of a what is it 13 cards you have exactly the number of pieces in an actual chess set minus one because you're the king so you can't except for all the pieces that you keep uh stealing out of your, the, your back pocket <laughs> well not in heroic that's what i'm saying oh do, do do you just straight up not have that in heroic no in heroic your hero power is one mana choose one of your pieces and swap it with the piece on its left oh okay interesting and the enemy hero power is just destroy the leftmost piece of, uh, on your side. So he will win in a resource war because he has an insta-kill and he has twice as many cards in his deck as you. Right. So you really, like, that's why I said you really have to consider your resources, what you can play, what you, and how you're positioning things. I liked it. That's I liked it a lot. If you haven't tried it, it's a it is very different even from normal chess because of the ability to reposition your pieces on the board and the fact that you can't just pull pieces out of nowhere. Anyway, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Uh, depends on how far back we go. Uh, give us like a week. All right, Pokemon Go. I gave him some money and didn't really feel that great about it. It's it's fine. It's fine. Probably fine. Um, I uh, just think about how many heroes of the storm skins you could have bought for that money. Uh, one, none. Maybe one. 
uh, I had I did have a, a cool experience. Uh, a bunch of my friends and I just brought our phones to uh, a spot where there were two Pokestops that were both constantly lured and uh, sat on the beachfront and watched the sunset while, uh, while we were all constantly spinning these Pokestops and catching a bunch of Weedles. So that was, that was a, a, a fun, exciting experience. And also we, of course, ran into a bunch of other people who were flying the same thing as we were. And uh, it was a nice, uh, had a nice community feel to it. I uh, I bought to see what they did. I bought the uh, inventory slots and the Pokemon inventory slots, and those are just a straight up fifty slots per two hundred coins. I was thinking it would it would it would scale somehow, but it is oh. just you can just as many times as you put two hundred coins into that button, you get fifty more slots. Uh, I bought incubators because, uh, I don't know. Like it, it's it's very definitely that psychological trick where you right. well, shower I mean, somebody it, with. I, I feel good like stuff. of all the things to buy, incubators feel the best since they just are so useful in comparison. Yeah. I, I had you no idea. That that's a it's, that's the second time you've said that they like shower you with stuff to begin with and then turn off that pipe, but that is just not reflective of anyone else that I know's experience with the They game. don't turn off the pipe, they narrow it's, it slowly the, so you the, the pipe don't comes notice. from you leveling up. I feel like yeah. the pipe just comes from you going to Pokestops. And you know, you walk past like 20 Pokestops on your way to work every day, so whatever. That's also mm. fair. Like, this is not a game that you can play outside of an urban setting. You just gotta live with that. I, yes, uh, that so is absolutely fair. Before Pokemon Go came out, Ingress cut off their uh, portal submission. Uh, and so I was... Did they reopen it? They reopened it via Pokemon Go a couple weeks ago, and now it's closed again. Oh, huh. You had to go through, like, a, a support It was form, just a thing though, right? on the... You know, yeah, it was a form you filled out on their website saying, like, you think you submitted a photo and lo location and everything. Hmm... That's cool. Hopefully they uh, bring that back because there are a bunch of cool things that aren't represented. And I feel like Pokemon Go is not a game that would find it detrimental to be way more dense in Pokestops. What else have you played? Uh, I played some Please Don't Touch Anything. That goes way back, though. I think that was while I was still in Japan. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun game. Uh, also stressful and doesn't really care about uh being respectful of your time. Like it it's not a game that is supposed to do that, but like one of the one of the things to do is just to click on the same button for uh six hundred times and then something pops up telling you that that didn't do anything. But uh it's there's a it's a very simple interface. It's kinda like a, a candy box where it starts with exactly one dimension and then uh expands, sort of cascades in all of these other systems and menus and uh, interfaces. And uh, in that sense, it's a, it's a cool study. Uh, I've been playing the new hero in Heroes of the Storm. Ariel is uh, pretty cool and also a little mermaid. I got the pack with the skin and the mount because the skin and the mount both have tints 
that uh, make her glow in this really cool neon green. Ah, right, because they you you've you've pitched those tents. Hmm. Have you pitched those tents? Oh, this is a jo- <laughs> this is a joke about about how a guy on a different podcast can't hear the difference between tint and tent. You just said the same thing twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be in the shadow for a long time, aren't we? I mean, it's not really a shadow. <laughs> it's not really a it's not really <laughs> a shadow. I mean, like they're never gonna get out from underneath the shadow of idle thumbs, right? So whatever. Oh, that's that's, that's uh, the reason the video games hot dog started, you know, was because um, because Idle Thumbs ended, and Zach said, "I wish there were a podcast like Idle Thumbs, but there isn't anymore." And then Idle Thumbs came back. <laughs> so what are they still doing? Cool. Just, just Pokemon Go and uh, Heroes and that other game. Yep. Also, all yep. the games that I played at Bit Summit, and I uh, sure cover those in your I, post. Yeah, I wish that I could have uh, recorded closer to them while they were still fresh on my mind and I was uh, super excited about them. Well, that's what the news post is for. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I was intending on uh, expanding a lot on the the, uh, the visceral, the experience part. Um, I, I guess I can give you my long distance impressions which were that there were some cool things and budget cuts is just super cool. And is going to be is the reason that I'm going to get a, uh, a VR headset when that is a little more reasonable. You should come over and use uh, use the um, uh, HTC Vive here. Ooh, yeah, that's a thousand dollars Canadian. Yeah, you should come here and, and try it out. Mm. It's, uh, that might cost me a thousand dollars to get there. It definitely is less than a thousand dollars. Round trip. From- you know how much it costs me to fly to Philadelphia on the other side of the country and back? Like $250. Uh, Canadian flights are weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, in a lot of cases, it's cheaper to fly from Canada to the States back up into Canada. Is that the end of this episode? Yeah, I think it is. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, you can back us on Patreon for some sweet rewards. For example, joining us in our private thank Slack. You to our, thank you to our latest Patreon backer who backed us yeah. less than 24 hours ago. So. Thank you, Dangerous Dave. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, thank you for supporting the show with not just your ears, but your hard-earned thank dollars. Thank you, Danger Skew. No, 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 you were right the first time. <laughs> for being super cool. Guys, if people wanted to get into contact with us, how would they do that? Preferably redpagespodcast.com. Oh, that's not our website anymore. I mean, oh. it, it is still our website. That that URL will work. Is that it is red pag, <laughs> redpag.s? I mean, that, that URL is actually a little hacky right now. No, it's not. It works. Uh, it works except flawlessly. Like, uh, I, I don't know about flawlessly. <laughs> I, I just tested yep. it. Works. Uh, I mean, I, I the URL works, but I mean, like, if you like navigate to the episodes page, you don't get um, like uh, the slash episodes on there. Oh, that yeah, I can change that. That was a setting that I set. I can just flip a switch and change that. <laughs> okay. All right. So you'll well. want to go to redpag. Dot s. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can get used to that. Cool. You can email us contact at redpagespodcast.com. I wonder if we can set up now contact at redpag. s. <laughs>
That's I mean, yeah. Red Pagass. Our, Red our Pagass. guest next time is um, Rand Miller. Oh, I think you said uh, it wasn't a Miller. No, it is. Oh, cool. I spent spent a long time with him, hanging out at E3, talking about what makes abduction different from The Witness. Ah. Can cool. we have Jonathan Blow on at the same time? Man, Jonathan Blow will not talk to anybody. Halfway through, we'll, uh, we'll pull away the curtain and reveal. Jonathan Blow went to Cyan to help with abduction and talk about sort of his development process on The Witness and what he values versus what they value. That's pretty cool. They called him in and said, hey, Wayna, we, we'd love to sit down with you and hear your thoughts about Mist and what you didn't like and what you liked because The Witness is so much like Mist and so different. You should play huh. it. Yeah, that's, uh, I probably just own that now, don't I? Is there a uh, for Kickstarter it? backers? I, I I backed it. The Witness you, was not on Kickstarter. No, Abduction. Abduction's not out. Mm, Abduction you were was... saying, okay, you were saying The Witness is out. Yes, you should play The Witness. Okay. I gotcha. All right. All right, I'm going to I'm going to end this show now by saying keep on Trucklestein. <laughs>